Inspiring stories, important topics. Welcome to Passion in Action from Vitas Healthcare. Hi, I'm Diane Paceres, and this is Passion in Action. For those who work in hospice care, you know it's more than just a great career choice. And on today's episode, I'll be speaking to two VTOS RNs who consider their work a calling. The first is Jessica Garcia, a home care nurse. Jessica spent years working in ERs and long-term care facilities before coming to VTOS in 2018. Our second guest is Carrie Owens, an RN and home care team manager who transitioned to nursing from a career in banking. Together, the three of us will discuss Jessica and Carrie's journeys into hospice care, how they found their purpose, and the ways their career choice has enabled them to live their passion to serve patients. Carrie and Jessica, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. For some people, the idea of becoming a nurse starts at a very young age. Let's start with learning about your journey from the start. Jessica, did you know you wanted to be a nurse? No, I had no desire to be a nurse at all. None. Wasn't on my radar, wasn't something I was interested in. My husband actually pushed me to be a nurse. I wanted to be an aerospace engineer when I was a kid. Then I wanted to be a teacher. I did banking as well, but he just thought I'd be really great at this. So kind of started that journey. I started college. I did business management, stopped after a year, kind of took some time off, went back to teaching, didn't really like that, and then rolled into nursing. I would say, I tell everybody, anyone who goes to nursing school, has like mid-semester breakdown where you completely lose your mind. I mean, you're like, this is a lot harder than I expected. Tests are different. Everything's very different than just traditional classroom. When I kind of had that meltdown and was like, I'm not cut out for this. I'm, I'm not going to do this. My husband was like, just stick it out. Just stick it out. And I don't think I could do anything else now. That's the crazy thing is I went from not on my radar, not wanting to do it to can't imagine being anywhere else. What an awesome story. Thank you for sharing that. And Carrie, nursing wasn't your first career path. You worked in banking first, but do you think the desire to serve others has always been with you? I think that it has been. I think treating other people as you want to be treated is huge in any field that you're in. But like Jess, this wasn't my first thought going into nursing. I didn't think I could make it through the schooling. I was a pretty young mom. And honestly, when I felt like banking wasn't where I could be the most useful anymore, I had a daughter in high school who was taking a CNA class. And to encourage her to do that, I said, I'll just take it with you. We'll just do it together and see how it goes. She thought she wanted to be a nurse at that time. So we were going to pursue that. And turns out she just liked wearing the scrubs, but in the end, she wasn't interested in being a nurse at all, and it really took off for me after that. Wonderful. Now, Jess, I know you mentioned your husband encouraged you to go into nursing, but for both of you, was there anyone who inspired each of you to really pursue the, your work in nursing? My mom's a nurse, so I mean, it was always there growing up. My mom went to school when she was in her 30s. So we got to watch that and see that. And we'd all sit and kind of do our homework together. I went to nursing school in my late 20s with five kids. 
she was definitely an inspiration. And when other kids were off doing stuff, my mom would take us into the nursing home and we'd go see patients that didn't have families and, you know, things like that. So it was always there. And she did geriatric and she was really, really good at it. You know, she really got to know those people that didn't have any family, didn't have any support systems and kind of motivated me and my brother to go in and and be a part of that. Well, I had an Aunt Jo who was an RN and then my grandma Nita was an LPN for a lot of years. And they were both very influential. The family obviously had great respect for them and their knowledge. My kids were really influential to me as far as I think every mom is a little bit of a nurse. You're a little mother hen and you learn so much from all these doctor's appointments. Um, I had one son with asthma, so we dealt with that a lot. And then the interactions that you have, good and bad, with healthcare in general makes you feel like sometimes I could maybe do a little better than that. Let me have my shot at this once you build up a little more confidence. And for me, that came with age, came with that experience with my kids and my family's support and encouragement. I always had people telling me they thought I'd be a great nurse, but sometimes you don't see it in yourself. You don't see what other people see in you. Just like you, Jess, you know, your husband said, you should do this, you should do this. I always had people tell me that. And I thought, what? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. He was very influential and very supportive and he he worked overtime for like two years so that I could only you know only had to work weekends or I could study three four hours a night I mean he he knew before I did that this is what I was supposed to do now let's talk a little bit more about your respective transitions from your current roles in the past uh, before entering VTOS. Jessica, you worked in ERs and long-term care facilities before VTOS. And Carrie, you worked in psychiatric care. What motivated you to make the change? And did you know anything about hospice care before coming into hospice? Well, when I was in nursing school, one of my grandparents had passed and the other ended up in the nursing home. And obviously, we know that People, when they've been married for so long, usually one will pass within a couple years of the other one. That's a pretty common thing to happen. So that did happen. And I think that opens up a lot of curiosity and having that experience sort of made me really curious about the field and feeling very compassionate toward people in that way. I started at this state hospital here. It comes with its own reward, but I knew that that was not where I was going to land in the end. And actually, there was a VTOS RN there who kept telling me we have these case manager openings and I really feel like you'd be great at it. And first I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm happy here. I'm good. And then it was just like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to do it. And I have loved, loved being a hospice nurse. I can't see myself doing anything else. I just can't at this point. That's absolutely great. And Jess, how about you? Well, it's it's funny that you say that because I feel like I was recruited by an RN case manager as well. Because <laughs> I, I love the ER and I have severe ADHD. So it was really like I just, that was the place for me. But I hated night shift. I absolutely despised it. And then I was working in long-term care and I, I really did enjoy it. And I like day shift. But we had VTOS was the the primary hospice in that building. It's it's what everyone preferred. It's, you know, they did a great job. And 
several nurses, several on-call nurses, admission nurses, even the social worker kept saying, we have an RN, you know, case manage position open and we really think you'd be good at it. And I thought, well, I'll try it. And if I don't like it, I just come back to, to this. I mean, I think that's one of the benefits of being a nurse is we really are not limited. We can pretty much try anything we want to try. So wasn't necessarily a scary transition, but I, I truly did not expect to enjoy it and really, really like it the way I do. And so what would you say to those that are considering a career in hospice today and aren't sure about it? What would you tell them? I think that we know our limitations. Like I know that I couldn't do pediatrics, certain, you know, certain things. I know that that's just not my niche and I, I, I can't do that. So I think that if you have any, I can't, absolutely cannot do that, then it's, it's not for you. But I think that it's one of those things that if, try it. I, I always tell people, and we don't have a big turnover in, in our team, which is, is really nice. Most of us have been there for years. But even some of the newer nurses that we'll have come in, I'll tell them, you'll know within three to five months if you can do this or if you can't. But I always encourage them to stick it out and try because it's rewarding in a different way than typical, typical nursing. But there's a whole different type of reward system involved with allowing someone and helping someone to be comfortable and have the dignity and the best death that they can to bring closure to the family. It's it's very different than that typical acute, I'm saving you, I fixed it, and it has its own rewards on a completely different level. And I just encourage people to stick it out and, and see if they can find it. It's heartwarming to hear you say that, Jessica. Carrie, how about you? What would you say to someone considering a career in hospice care? Well, I would just tell them, I can't imagine anything more rewarding. We're all going to go through this someday. And what kind of experience would you want for yourself or your family member? And you can help be part of providing a good experience for somebody. We just do the best we can. Not every situation's perfect that you walk into. We get some very difficult situations where the caregivers just need a lot more education, a lot more support than the next family who's got five daughters involved and they've got this, you know, they're taking care of mom and they're just doing the thing and they've got everything written down. And you might walk into one where this son is like, I have never done this before. I'm determined to see him through this. He doesn't want to go to a hospital ever again. He's accepted this and you are kind of their tour guide on this journey. You can make this as good as it can possibly be for somebody. And at the end of the day, when they've passed and they just look at you or your teammates or I get a phone call saying, I could not have gotten through this without your nurse here or you or your whole team. I mean, that, that's incredibly rewarding to know that we did it right. I love that. Well, to both of you, your compassion and empathy just shines through. So, Jessica, at one point you mentioned earlier that you wanted to be a teacher. And so what role does education still play in your role today? Oh, my goodness. Our whole job is education. From the moment we walk through the door, because like she said, you know, this is a process that happens to everybody. A lot of times we don't know what our loved ones want, cremation, burial, you know, it's just not something that's discussed at the family table. 
for me, and I'm sure for every other nurse that, that does this, starts as I walk through the door because we're not fixing anything. The only thing we're doing is we're managing signs and symptoms, we're managing comfort, we're managing dyspnea, pain, and we're helping be that tour guide on that transition. And all that starts from the time we walk through the door, what to expect, what we're going to see, what medications we're going to use, how we're going to keep you comfortable, how we're going to support you, and what to expect. And every visit is education. And Carrie, what skills from your previous role in psychiatric nursing have carried over into hospice for you? I learned so much in psychiatric nursing about keeping a situation calm, de-escalating, being able to set expectations and boundaries, following through with those things. If I say I'm going to be there at this time, then by golly, I'm going to be there at this time or I'm going to call you or let you know what's changed. If you fail to do those things in psychiatric nursing, your whole unit's going to explode. <laughs> and, and if you have a patient family that's waiting on you to get there and you don't call them or you don't show up, they worry about you. They are legitimately, I mean, they want their visit, but they legitimately are very, very concerned. And you can really head off a lot of issues by just good communication and doing what you say you're going to do. That is so important to them. They're stuck at home. They have nobody. They can't leave. They can't redirect their thoughts a lot of times. And if they're really focused on you coming or one of your team members coming, and you don't show up, by golly, they've been watching the clock. That is important to them. And we can't, you can't underestimate the importance of their time, even though they're stuck at home, because their time is still very important and has to be respected. So for each of you, I know you've talked about a lot of things that inspire you about your roles in hospice care. But if you could pick one thing about your work in hospice home care, what would you say you find most fulfilling? It's hard to pick one thing. I think I touched on on it a little bit that at the end of the whole roller coaster ride, when that family member is just so grateful for our help that they just felt so at peace with how everything was done. And you know that now they're going to be able to move on to the bereavement segment of things in a way that doesn't leave them feeling guilt-ridden like something could have been done differently, like they should have done something differently, that they're truly at peace with it. I think that's the most satisfying when we know we did it right. We got into the situation early enough that they could build up a rapport with our whole team and they could come to trust us regarding the meds, regarding our teaching and everything. And we were able to really make a difference in that situation. And, and at the end of the day, you left that feeling good, like because you know they're going to have the most peace that they were going to be able to have in this particular situation. So for me, it's that's the perfect, most ideal situation. It doesn't always happen, but when we do it right and we do it well, I just, I love the feeling. I love the feeling of a job well done with our team. Jess, how about you? I think it's exactly what Carrie said. I'm because we're not we're not saving lives. We're not in an acute situation where, you know, I'm fixing something and I'm, I'm extending your life and, you know, we're doing all these tests and all these things. So for us, for, I think everyone in hospice, the end goal is just what Carrie said, walking out of there, knowing that we did the education, we helped them to understand what was happening. 
everything's in order. We've got bereavement in place for when it's over. And they can say that in a really bad situation, it was as best and as good as it could be. That's what it's about. It's that right there is knowing that we went in and we made this horrible situation where you're losing your spouse of 63 years or you're losing your daughter or you're, you know, and we we made it a little easier for you. That's what it's about. Both of you, very touching. So you're both part of teams within your programs, right? And so what support do you receive from your interdisciplinary team? I don't know about you, Carrie, but I, I wouldn't be working here if I didn't have the people I work with, period. It's absolutely the team. I could not function and do what I do and deal what we deal with, death and dying and losing people day in and day out without my chaplain, my social worker, the other RN case managers, my team manager, my doctor. I, I would be a mess. I would be an absolute mess. And it's not something that I could do for the four or five years that I've been doing it and continue to do. I would have been gone. We have the same people that have been here since pretty much that I started. We even had a couple leave and come back very, very quickly because they missed us and they just wanted to be back with us, you know, because we have a team that works. We are very good at supporting each other. Everyone has a designated role. Everybody supports the group in a specific way without even realizing that you're, you're doing it. And if we lost one of those team members, I don't know if we would be able to to pull off some of the things we have done and to be the team that we are. It's so wonderful to hear your emotion around the team and the teamwork. That's tremendous. Carrie, how about yourself? What support do you receive? I receive a tremendous amount of support. So being the RN case manager and then coming back into this role as the team manager, I think it's been just as important to have the support from the interdisciplinary team in this role supporting me when we're sitting in the team meeting and everybody's contributing and saying what their part is and what they've done for this patient. And if I have to call and say, hey, or we have any suggestions about what we could be doing differently, they're on it right now. It truly is the team. It really is just like the it's the people. It's the group. I also, VTOS does such a good job. They have so many resources and so much education that I do think that that helps people be a little bit more knowledgeable about their job role and their performance. I had left for a very short period of time. It was less than 90 days. I had gone to another organization. And man, I missed the, number one, the people, but the roles everybody played here, the education that VTOS provided, we have these topics, the what I need to know topics for families. You just run in and you're grabbing what's relevant to this day and then to the next time you think this is going to work. Other places or startups don't have this. And I think there are a lot of advantages to being part of a company that's been around for 40 some years and isn't going anywhere. They've never changed their name. So they just do a lot of things really, really well because they've been doing it for so long. And I think that's made a really big difference here in the training for the staff and then sort of coincides with the cohesiveness down the road and what everybody's role is in working together. One thing that I can really say about VTOS that I've never had anywhere else I worked is that they allow my team manager, my DON, Karen Conway, to support us in a way that not every other corporation or nursing home or ER would do. I've had my team manager come out and do visits because we're short staff. 
I've had my DUN go out and do visits on weekends because something happened and we didn't have coverage. But they really allow that our our management, our team managers and all those people that that we typically don't see out in the field to come out and help us and be supportive. And there's no repercussions. There's no repercussions if a family needs me for four hours and I have to move visits. It's encouraged. It's encouraged for me to, to stay there and support them and help them and give them what they need until they understand. And everywhere else, it's go, 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 go. You have to push them as a 30 people. You have to do this. You have to see this amount of people. And with VTOS, it is a little different. They allow us to get the support that we desperately need. That is something that I can say that I have not had at, at any other company that I have worked at. That's great to hear. Well, you, you just mentioned one of them relative to the differentiators for hospice versus other healthcare providers. But both of you obviously have a tremendous amount of passion to serve. And so how does your work in hospice, hospice care, enable you to live out your passion to serve patients versus other healthcare settings that you've been in? For me, when I'm out as well, and even teaching new nurses who come in how to do this kind of work, you get one time to get this right with this family and with this patient. In psychiatric nursing, it's kind of a kind of a loop. We get people kind of geared up. They come in, we correct their meds, they do well, they leave, they go off of them, they come back in, and it's kind of a kind of a big cycle. Hospice, you get one time to do it right. You get one time to build up that rapport with that family, teach them to the best of your ability, to the best of their acceptance of your teaching, and to do the best you can and the best that your team can. And that's what people have to live with on the back end of that. So for me, it's do your best to get it right. This is a one-time deal for them. And even as I sit here and say that, we have people that maybe it's not a one-time deal because they have another parent coming on and then now they want to use us again. So, you know, maybe that was an incorrect thing to say because we do have families that say, well, we went through this with you once and now dad's not doing so well and we really want to use you guys again because you were so supportive of us and really helped us along the way. So that's a pretty big compliment. Jess, how about yourself? I agree with Carrie. I think that, again, it's a whole different kind of nursing. And I think that for me, one of one of the big things in, is when I'm in the grocery store and someone yells my name and I turn around and it's one of my patient's family members. In the ER, they were like, oh, that, that nurse was great. She got the IV the first time. You know, they don't remember your name. They don't recognize you. They don't have even a long-term care. You, you have families that come every day and then you have families that come on Christmas. You know what I mean? So you're there and you're appreciated, but they don't know you and they don't love you and they don't value you. And we're a part of their family. That's how this ends is... We have connections and relationships with people that we would have never have had in any other type of capacity. And it does get out into the community. And you do hear, I would say 95% of my patients are, yeah, so-and-so told us about you and you helped with her dad or you helped with her mom. And that is, word of mouth is is huge. And it it's a different type of passion. It's a different type of compliment. But it's that word of mouth. It's that we are the exception we are we are the standard in the hospice community and that's pretty cool when there's only maybe four of you out in the field 
you know, and that's not taken away from our marketing team. That's not taken away from our office team because we couldn't do what we do without them. But it's it's really cool to think that we are as good as we are, we are as big as we are, and we are we are what everybody wants because of the work that we have done. It's, it's word of mouth, and it's it's in the hospital, and it's here. And it's I mean that's it's pretty cool. And Jess, you talk about the connections that you have the opportunity to forge with your patients and their families. Can you talk a little bit about those connections? You want those connections and you value them and these people become family. And then you've seen someone every day for six, seven months or, you know, once a week and then three times a week and then every day. And then what are you going to do on your Wednesday? You know, what are you going to do between nine and 10? And it's, it's, it's different. And it's, almost like a we go through a grieving period like a bereavement period as well because you know I don't have any grandparents left but right now I have 23 grandparents it's kind of like I get to fill that void in some ways but then in other ways it's like losing them all over again to a point so it's it's the connections are real and it can it's wonderful and it's hurtful and it's exhausting and it's it's all these things tied into one but those are those are real, real connections. And we are a very small state. We're a very small community. So again, I'll be in the grocery store and here comes so-and-so. And I somebody stopped me on Halloween. I'm there with my kids and we're all dressed up. And they're like, you were my dad's nurse, right? And I'm like, yeah. And then, yeah, how are you doing? And it's like, oh, mom's not doing so good. And then, you know, and then so then I call the social worker and the chaplain and we need to open a bereavement care plan and we need to reach out and communicate, you know, so those things are pretty cool. You know, you don't get that anywhere else, which is really, really nice. But there's always that little bit of, and I really miss them. Really wish I could go have lunch with them. She really made a good cup of coffee. Those sorts of things that kind of you miss. Carrie, how about yourself? You want to tell us a little bit about your connections with patients and their families? It's a lot like Jess. You just have, have those people that you just connect with and you can't help but get close with and you really, really are devastated when they're gone. You can't help it. It's not like that with every patient or you couldn't do this all the time. But you do have those few people that you just, they leave a little hole. They left your life a little better and there's just going to be that hole for them. But the connection with them is part of why I love the job too. So it's very evident in everything that you both have said thus far that it's all about the patients and their families for you. And, and that's tremendous and what we all want. Uh, but when you think about being an employee at VTOS, what do you find that makes VTOS a great place to work? Well, for me, I think I touched on a little bit. I think they, they do the education piece of things really well. I think that they have a lot of resources that other places don't necessarily offer. I don't think there, I don't know if there's any place else that has been doing this as long as what VTOS has. So the level of expertise in doing this and the information, I love that if I have a pharmacy question, I get to just jump on and we have pharmacists available. We have doctors available. We have a nurse practitioner available. And it's not calling somebody's doctor's office and waiting till the next day for a call back. You can help this family pretty immediately. I like that VTOS has upward mobility. When I was at a point where I was ready to do something different than the RN case manager position where I just needed to, I needed to step away for a little bit from that, 
I was able to move into the team manager position. And it is so satisfying to me to be teaching new nurses and supporting them in the way that I wanted to be supported. And if I decide I maybe want to try something else someday, well, there's probably going to be another spot down the road open. This company is so big. If I don't want to live in Kansas City for the rest of my life, well, look at all the opportunities I have to move to a different location and try something different and still carry all of my benefits with me. So there are a lot of benefits of working with VTOS, I feel like, which is why I came back. They're a rock-solid company, and that gives me reassurance and peace of mind for my family that my job is in a good place and VTOS isn't going anywhere. Jess, how about yourself? Again, it goes back to my team. VTOS allows them to support me in the way that I need to be supported, and it's great. And they allow me to take time off when I need it. If it's been a really hard emotional week and there's there's no, well, what do you mean you can't come to work? And there, there's none of that. It's always you take time to get the headspace that you need. You take time to grieve. You take time. And it has to come from higher up. It has to because it's allowed and it's not frowned upon. But the support is the huge, huge thing. I've never worked in a place where everyone has my back. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Everyone has my back. I'll never forget when I lost, I lost a patient that I just particularly loved and all the other team members loved. And all, there was three of us that actually took two days off after he passed. We got tons of phone calls checking on us, making sure we were okay because we lost a patient. No one else does that. You don't, you don't get that anywhere else. The support, the education that, you know, that that's another thing. We have doctors that love to teach, that love to sit down and explain how things work and why this is better and why this isn't appropriate in this situation. If I'm covering a night shift and, and I call at two in the morning, no one's mad, no one's yelling, no one's upset. It's okay. This is what we're doing and this is how we're covering it. I mean, it really is the family environment, family atmosphere, the team building. And that is that is what, especially at this age, this time in my life, it's it's all about how everybody can support me because my whole job is supporting other people as moms. Our whole life is supporting other people. And it's just nice to have someone that supports me. And everybody in the team is, I got you. I got you. And they'll even say, well, I got this town. And I got this town if this happens. I mean, you just don't, you don't get that anywhere else. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in banking. It doesn't happen in long-term care. It's unreal. It's almost kind of like a movie. Like everybody just is very, very supportive. And for me, that is worth more than money. It's worth more than bonuses. It's priceless at 40 something years old. It's just, you can't find that anywhere else. The work-life balance. Yes. That's the best way to explain it. Yes. And I think they're, they're encouraging of it. Like it's not, you're not made to feel bad for taking care of yourself. You're not made to feel bad for taking care of your family. And I think that's why it works. I really do. I think that that's why it works. That's why we don't have the turnover. That's why we have people that stay or people that go, I don't know if I want to do this anymore and then come back because it isn't anywhere else. They do very well at work work and home life balance. Well, you both do such incredible work. Uh, it is really great to hear that you feel so supportive. So we're about to wrap up, but before we do, you know, we'd like to do a segment that's going to be called Passion in Action Moment. 
So can you each share with us, what is the most touching moment you have had with a patient and or their caregiver? Carrie, can we start with you? Well, one thing comes to mind. I had a patient with congestive heart failure and she had some dementia. She was a home patient and her husband was caring for her. He was tired and he was frustrated and he was in his 80s. He said, she's spitting her food out and she's spitting her meds out and she won't listen to me and she's this and this and now she's just not really responding and she's just not talking to me and I'm tired and he was just really exhibiting his frustration with her. They'd been married 60 years, I believe, long, long time. And she was in the bed, just not, not real responsive to us, um, choosing kind of not to. She was being a little bit ornery that day. And as he spoke and shared all of his frustration, she all of a sudden looked up at him and she grabbed his hands hard and fast. And she said, but am I still your sweetheart? And he started to cry. He was holding her hands back. And he said, yes, yes, of course, you're still my sweetheart. I love you. I will always love you. And it was like, I, that was just a moment that just always really stood out to me. And, you know, she passed a couple of weeks after that. But um, I was pretty neat after all those years. I mean... They say, till death do us part. But these two truly exemplified that. And that was pretty neat, pretty inspiring to me. Very touching. Very touching. Thanks for sharing that, Carrie. Jess, how about yourself? Oh, my goodness. There's, there's really so many. I think the one that really stands out to me the most is the gentleman we were actually talking about where we had to take a few days off. And it was it was one of those things where he had to have uh, two CNAs to help provide care and then myself. And he was on ICC level of care. And one of our girls was off one of the CNAs that we called her and we were like, you, if you want to see him, you better come in now. So she came in on her day off and family's there and he just waited for us. He waited. He waited till all three of us were surrounding his bed and his girls were there. And that's what he used to call us as girls. And, um, he did. He just, he waited for all of us and we were all there and we were all holding his hand. It was great. I mean, it was, it really reinforces what we do, that he waited. He was ready. He was ready to go when he had been fighting and he waited till all three of us were there because that's what he wanted. So do either of you have any additional thoughts that you may want to share to someone who might be considering pursuing a career in hospice care? Well, I would say try it. There's nothing like it. You're never going to find the rewards that you find here with hospice anyplace else. I I really just, I just think this is what you got into nursing for. You can be with them. You can actually take care of them, take your time with them and be a real presence and make a real difference. Jess, how about yourself? Anything else you'd like to share? It's kind of the same thing. It's one of those things that very few people, I can't say no one, goes, I want to be a nurse because I want to do hospice. I don't think that's where our brain goes. But it is one of those things that when you find it, it's like I just can't imagine being anywhere else. Like I just, this is what I'm supposed to do. Stacy, our other RN case manager, myself often joke that 
with all the people that we've been with and held their hands and helped with the families that if I don't have a procession waiting for me when I get to heaven, then something's wrong because I should have loads of people there waiting for me. So yeah, it's, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Absolutely. And it shows in both of your comments today. So That's all for this episode of Passion in Action. I want to extend a huge thank you to Jessica and Carrie for joining us today to discuss their journeys and how hospice work enables them to live their passion to serve patients. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show as we look forward to sharing more inspiring stories with you. We'll see you next time on Passion in Action from VTOS Healthcare.